Good morning. Today's reading is from 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 9 to 22, and can be found on page 1197 in the Church Bibles. Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander, the metal worker, did, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first offense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus ill in Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus greets you, and so do Hudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Well, just while we're moving around, sorting things, uh, music group moving and uh, that kind of thing. By the way, music group, that new song, you played that so well. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, I want to encourage you, uh, uh, children, uh, young people, pathfinders, if you want to grab the packs, I think are really helpful. I want to encourage you to use them because in there, there's a sheet, which is sermon notes. So as I'm speaking, there's, um, there are things that you can fill in for main points and um, that kind of thing. It just helps you to concentrate. Um, so do grab one. They're at the back. Make sure if you're grabbing one for that, that it's got a sheet in it, which says sermon notes. If you want this one, anyone want it? Do you want it? You want it? Yeah, great, go for it. Um, but if you, want to, uh, if you want to grab it at any point, go and grab one from the back and then you can fill it in as I'm going along. That might help you um, to focus. Um, adults, I mean, you could grab one as well if you want, but um, there's, on the back of the sheet, uh, back of the notice sheet you were given, there are also little notes there. There are little points. Um, and children, if you want to cheat, you can just fill in the points from the sheet on the chair. And Anyway, there you go. So hopefully that will help you to focus on what I'm talking about in this sermon. Let me pray for us. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, you've given it to us so that we can know you, we can know how to be saved, and we can know how to live as your people. And so please would you teach us now, help us to be ready to listen to you, and help us to be ready to learn and to live out what we're reading. Amen. So we come to the end of 2 Timothy, this letter that Paul has written to Timothy. Paul, the apostle, is in prison, chained up because of the gospel. And he's writing to Timothy, a church leader, and the big thrust of the letter is, Timothy, keep going. Pass the baton on of the gospel. Don't give up, because Timothy was struggling. He was finding life really hard. Ministry was really tough. And Paul was saying to Timothy, keep going. And at the end of the letter, Paul says to Timothy, this is what I'm going through. This is what I, Paul, am going through. And it's tough. Why is he saying this? So that Timothy will see Paul is putting into practice what he's teaching Timothy to do. Yeah, it's tough for Timothy at the moment. And Paul's saying to Timothy, you keep going, you keep keep preaching the gospel. But Paul is now saying, look, it's tough for me too, and I'm doing it. I'm keeping going. Timothy, you can too. See, it makes a difference, doesn't it? If you know someone's going through what you're going through, if it's difficult, or if they have been through what you're about to go through, makes a big difference, doesn't it? It makes a difference to the way you listen to them. If you're going to travel to a distant country and you know someone else who's already been there, you listen to them. You, you ask them, what's it like? What tips have you got for being there? Or if you've got an operation, say, in a hospital, and you know someone who's already gone through it, you listen to them. You say, well, what was it like for you? What did you have to do? Or maybe exams that you've got to go through, and you talk to someone else, and you say, what was it like for you? Paul's saying, look, I've been through this. I am going through this. Timothy, you can keep going. Do what I do. Well, we're first going to see in this passage what Paul was going through, and then we'll pick out some lessons from verses 17 and 18. That's where kind of the, the focus, our focus is going to be for pulling out lessons to see how Paul was dealing with this. But first, what was he going through? And you'll see three things on your sheet uh, that I've put down there. And you can go paragraph by paragraph from verse 9. Have a look in the passage as well. You've got to have lots of things in front of you, haven't you? You've got to have the sheet. You've got to have uh, your Bible open in front of you as well. But you see, paragraph by paragraph, what Paul was going through. And the first thing you see is he's been deserted. Here are his struggles. He's been deserted. Verse 9. He says to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly. Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. This is, Demas would have been one of Paul's good friends and was a, a companion to him, someone who helped him in ministry uh, in the past, we know this because Demas is mentioned at the end of one of Paul's letters, Colossians, he's mentioned in, uh, but now he's gone. And it's not just that Demas went, but that Paul says he went because he loved this world. That is, Demas didn't want to suffer, presumably, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of telling others about Jesus. It seems like he gave up. How heartbreaking that would have been for Paul, his companion gone. But not just him, others have gone as well. 
We don't know why they've gone. Maybe it was the same reason, but we don't know. But end of verse 9, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Others of his friends gone. Imagine for you if your friends just went left. And don't forget, Paul's in prison. It's a hard time for him. He says, verse 11, only Luke is with me. I don't know why Luke wasn't enough. Maybe, maybe Paul had heard all his jokes or something, all his stories, a bit fed up at them. And so he wants uh, Timothy to come along and to bring Mark as well. So you get that in verse 11. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. I want you guys with me. Paul's feeling lonely. And uh, others has, have gone as well. He, he sent Tychicus to Ephesus. So some of them are good reasons why they've gone. But they've gone. And so he says to Timothy, uh, come along and bring Mark with you. Bring my cloak as well. He wants to be warm and bring my scrolls. He wants something to read. Uh, probably uh, scripture, uh, the Bible, that, that he wants him to bring. So that's the first thing. He's deserted. People have left him. Second, he's under attack. He's being attacked. So you see that, verse 14. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. I wonder how you imagine Alexander the metal worker. I think of it, he's going to be a pretty big guy, isn't he? Big and strong. You know, he's a metal worker. He's going to be hammering things on an anvil. He's going to be big and hairy and strong and tough and sweating because of the, uh, the furnace. But he's been nasty, this guy Alexander. He's attacked Paul. Not physically, but he's opposed the message, hasn't he? Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. How would that have worked out? We don't really know how, how he did it. Maybe when Paul was speaking, this Alexander guy at the back, big guy shouting out, it's a load of rubbish. What you're preaching, what you're teaching, this stuff about Jesus, a load of nonsense. Or maybe it wasn't while Paul was speaking, maybe it was afterwards. He would go to people and say, you know, what Paul's teaching is just, it's just nonsense. It's just rubbish, isn't it? Just trashing Paul, trashing the message, strongly opposed Paul. And Paul is feeling attacked and he's saying to Timothy, you be on your guard as well about this guy Alexander. So deserted, attacked and defenceless. Paul, you see, is on trial. He's in prison because he's about to go to court, or actually he's already been to court once, but he's, got, he's on trial. And he tells us, verse 16, what happened. At my first defence, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. So you've got to imagine there's a sort of courtroom scene, and Paul needs someone to back him up. Someone to say, yeah, actually, Paul's a good guy. A character witness, maybe. And when they call for the witnesses, who comes? No. Paul's on his own in court. No one prepared to stand with him. Why not? Don't know. Why didn't Luke step up? Why didn't the other people who are mentioned at the end of the letter? We don't know. Maybe they couldn't for some reason. But it seems like some maybe chose not to. Maybe they were afraid. But in a very Jesus-like way, Paul says, may it not be held against them. May it not be held against them. 
but he was defenseless. So Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, look, life's tough for you, it's tough for me too. Things are not easy for me. Everyone's left me. I'm being attacked. I'm defenseless. No one's coming to my aid. What do we learn about how Paul dealt with this? Verse 17 and 18, we're going to focus on three things here. Here are your big points. If you're going to write them down, you may have already written some of these down, boys and girls. Uh, Here are three things to write down. The first is this. Paul is saying, the Lord strengthened me. We thought about this already, didn't we, about being alone. Paul was alone in court, and yet he says, verse 16, at my first, sorry, verse 17, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. In that courtroom, on his own, all deserted him. Yet he says, someone stood with me. Someone stood at my side. The Lord stood there and he strengthened me. When it comes to it, even if you're abandoned by everyone else, if the Lord God is with you, you have more than you need. Now we might assume, well, Paul's the kind of guy who would be all right when things are tough. He's that kind of guy. You know, things are thrown at him, he'd be tough, he'd be strong. People say nasty things about him, he'd be, he'd be all right. They'd bounce off him and be like, ah, oh, I don't care. Sticks and stones and all that. But he wasn't, was he? That's what he's saying. He didn't, doesn't say, oh yeah, things are terrible and I just got through because I'm tough. He's not superhero like, you know, the sort of superheroes who, who, who in, in the films, they kind of, it doesn't matter what comes against them, they just stand there tough and strong and anything just comes at them, they don't care. If Paul was like that, that wouldn't have been an encouragement for Timothy, would it? If Paul was saying, I'm just superhero like, because Timothy would go, yeah, but I'm not superhero like. I struggle. I'm finding this tough. And Paul's saying, I'm not superhero like either. I find it tough. I needed the Lord to strengthen me, to stand with me. And he did. And that's a huge encouragement for us as well. You see, Paul is saying, Timothy, the strength to keep going, to be faithful under trial and suffering is not in you, it's in the Lord. So look to him. In hot days, there have been hot days here. We went to Spain to get away from the hot days. You had a couple of really hot days here. It wasn't as hot for us in Spain, oddly. In hot days, you've got to drink water, haven't you? To keep going, just to keep alive. You've got to keep drinking water. You don't just think, well, I'll be fine on my own. No, you drink that water. You've got to keep drinking. And for Paul, Paul is saying, look, I didn't just keep going on my own strength. I relied on the Lord. Timothy, you can do that too. I suspect if you're like me, when you hear of Christians who keep going when times are really tough, you tend to think it's them doing it. So I heard, for instance, just before we left for holiday, I heard of another Iranian Christian um, who'd converted from Islam uh, and was in prison. 
and his exact whereabouts are unknown. He was arrested after a, a morning raid on his home in which Bibles were seized. Because in Iran, it, you, you, it's illegal to convert from, from Islam to Christianity. This person had, his house was uh, searched, Bible was found, he was taken off. His wife uh, was also interrogated, she was released. And you think, when you hear of someone like that, you think, because they followed Jesus, they were arrested, taken away. And you think, how do they keep going? Would I do that? Don't you tend to feel, I tend to feel in those sort of circumstances, discouraged. Now, I don't know whether I could do that. And we've missed the point there, haven't we? If for Paul it took the Lord to stand by him and strengthen him to keep going, it's true for all Christians. And therefore we should look at those people and think they are just like you and me. And the Lord strengthened them. He can do it for us. Through any difficulties we go through, even when it comes to the end of this life and we think, will I keep going with the Lord, keep strong in the faith? You go, the Lord can strengthen us. Keep turning to him. So Paul says the Lord strengthened him and Timothy, he can strengthen you. Second thing, second thing to write down if you're uh, making notes, Paul says I proclaimed the gospel. That's why the Lord strengthened him. So the Lord strengthened him, verse 17, he says the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. You see, the strengthening wasn't just so that he could keep going through the trial. Uh, it wasn't just so that he would feel better or not feel so lonely. Rather, it was a strengthening so that he could proclaim the message, which is exactly what he said to Timothy to do. Have a look down again in 2 Timothy, would you, at chapter 4, verse 2. Just before verse 2, actually. I'll start just before. It says, Paul says, I give you this charge. You heard this a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, or last week. I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. You'd have heard this preached already if you were here. Paul's saying to Timothy, in season and out of season. That means when it's tough and when it's easy. When, things are, when everyone loves your preaching, when everyone hates it, keep preaching the word. Now, you couldn't get a more out of season than Paul was in at the moment, a more difficult time. He's on trial. He's in court. And yet, he is saying, I proclaimed the message. I spoke it. He turned the dock into a pulpit. Not proclaiming his own innocence. I mean, that's what normally the defendant does in court, doesn't it? I mean, if they're going to say anything, they're going to proclaim their own innocence. They're going to say, I, I didn't do it, my Lord. Not Paul. He's not talking about himself. He's there in that courtroom. He says, this is an opportunity for me to speak about Jesus. And what an incredible occasion to do it. In a courtroom with a public gallery. In other words, the public could come in. People could come in and listen to what was going on in the court. In Rome, that is the center of the Roman Empire. Paul is there in this courtroom and he speaks of Jesus. 
And through speaking of Jesus, then people in that courtroom, those in the public gallery, would have gone out. And when they spoke to their family, they said, what did you do today? Oh, I sat in the court. Okay, who did you hear? Well, Paul was on trial. Oh yeah, what happened? You know, he spoke about Jesus. And the message would go out from person to person. And he's saying it was proclaimed therefore to all the Gentiles, all the, most of the people there would have been Gentiles, in other words, not Jews. And the word would go out from this courtroom where Paul himself was on trial and yet he's there proclaiming the gospel. He speaks it and other people hear it and tell others. And Paul's saying, Timothy, when you're facing difficulties, keep preaching the gospel. Keep proclaiming it. And we must too. The primary application for, is for us as a church that we keep preaching and teaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Whether it's easy or whether it's difficult. I love the fact that Paul says to Timothy, preach the gospel in season and out of season. Which means you don't need to worry about what season it is, do you? Really? I mean, you know, we might think, is now an in-season or an out-of-season? Is it easy to proclaim the gospel now or difficult? Well, maybe there were more difficult times. Maybe there were more easy times. Uh, in the end, it doesn't matter, does it? Because the task is still the same. Preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. So that's the application for us as a church, and I would think we've heard that as we've gone through Timothy. Of course it's the big application. Keep preaching, keep proclaiming the gospel. I think there's an application here for us as individuals as well. For you at school, for, you, for us, whatever our situation, at work, with family, whatever the situation is. Which is to ask the Lord to strengthen us through the trials we face, and there are plenty of us who are facing difficulties at the moment. We might not be in court, but we're facing you know, difficulties in different ways. And to ask the Lord to strengthen us, not merely to get through the trial, though of course we pray for that, but that he might strengthen us to speak about Jesus to others, even through the trials. And maybe this could change the way we pray about the hard times we go through. Uh, we normally just pray for strength to get through or for the Lord to get us out of the difficult times. And that's not bad. But can I suggest that we maybe need, to, need the Lord's strengthening. And maybe he's got us in that trial, in that difficulty, so that we can speak to someone else about Jesus. Maybe that's why he gets us in the difficult situation you're in at the moment, if you are. Pray that the Lord would strengthen you to speak about his son and about life through Jesus. And clearly for Paul, this is going to be the case right up to the end of his earthly life. He's already said, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. He's saying, I'm nearing the end of my life. This trial may end up with me being executed, and it may well have done. Paul's saying, I'm nearing the end, but he's not finished speaking about Jesus. We don't retire from speaking about Jesus to others. We don't get to a point, and Paul didn't, where he said, well, I've done my bit. I think it's time for others. I'm going to step back now. You know, he never did. Oh, he prepared others to take over, but he kept going, speaking, didn't he, about Jesus. So that's the second thing. He, Paul's saying, I proclaim the gospel. And last thing, he's saying, the Lord will get me to his heavenly kingdom. 
Paul has a, a certainty and a security about the future. He knows where he's heading. He says uh, that in his trial, verse 17, he talks about the Lord preserving him. Uh, end of verse 17, he says, I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Now, we don't totally know what Paul meant by that. Uh, it seems unlike, I mean, some say, well, maybe he was going to be thrown to the lions. Maybe it's a literal lion that he's been saved from. That's pretty unlikely because he was a Roman citizen and they didn't throw Roman citizens to the lions. So it's probably not that. Maybe the lion is the emperor. Maybe it's just the lion's mouth. I, I wasn't found guilty or I wasn't you know, condemned at that first hearing. Whatever it is, somehow the Lord got him through the first part of the trial. Verse 18 then. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Notice the certainty there. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me home. Uh, he's not saying necessarily that he won't be found guilty. He's not saying that things won't be difficult. He's saying rather, ultimately, my future is secure. God will get me through. He'll get me to his heavenly kingdom. Whether he survives this trial, whether he survives the imprisonment, or whether he's executed, he's saying, look, the Lord will get me safely home. I am safe. I'm secure. And Paul's already urged Timothy to have a similar perspective. Just um, look back, would you, to chapter 2, verse 11. Ah, it's right at the top left-hand corner of the page. This is Paul earlier on teaching Timothy to have a similar perspective, this kind of long-term perspective, saying you know where you're going to head. He says, verse 11, here's a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. I'll stop there. Uh, so Paul is saying, has already said to Timothy, have that longer-term perspective about reigning, about living with God. And Paul is saying at the end of the letter, I know God will get me there. Timothy, you have the same perspective that God will get you home. Which is in stark contrast to Demas, who heard, we heard about before. Yeah, Demas, who'd left Paul, and Paul says it was because of the, he loved this world. There's a contrast in there. Demas loved the world, not prepared to suffer now. Paul's saying, I'm prepared to go through this trial, to speak of Christ, even if it makes life more difficult for me. And I'm prepared to do this knowing that I've got the heavenly kingdom ahead of me. And we could do, we can, we've got a choice to make, haven't we? Whether we live for this world, loving this world, or whether we live for the heavenly kingdom. We can live for this world, and most of the people around us do. For the job, for the money, for the gadgets, for the toys, the cars, the better homes, okay, with energy crisis, maybe it's just to be able to pay the bills, but nevertheless, it's living for this world. And we can live for this world, or we can say, actually, no, I'm going to live for the heavenly kingdom. And Paul's saying, I live for that kingdom. Because the things of this world are temporary, aren't they? They don't last. They don't last in this life, and sometimes maybe they last this life, but they don't go with us beyond this life. But the eternal kingdom, the heavenly kingdom, that is something that lasts forever. And if we are Christians, we're living for that kingdom, for something that lasts forever. And that will mean two things for us. 
It means we put our hope in something that is eternal, that lasts forever, that won't fade over time, that is utterly secure. But it also means we don't need to have all this world offers. We don't have to have the most successful career. We don't have to have the best of everything now. Unlike Demas, we don't have to love this world, but we can hold the things of this world lightly. But notice, not just that Paul looks forward to the heavenly kingdom, not just that he has his eyes fixed on it, but that he trusts God will get him there. Like being on a plane, if you go on a plane, you trust that the pilot is going to get you where you should go. Well, we trust the Lord to get us to his eternal kingdom, which is a huge help. Because we can fear the future, can't we? We can think, I I, I don't know, am I going to get there? Well, thankfully, it is not up to us. It, It is up to the Lord, and he is strong, he is powerful, and he can get us there. So, we see Paul's example in this letter. Paul has been struggling. Timothy's been struggling leading his church. And Paul's saying, look, I've been struggling too. I've been going through difficulties. Here they are, deserted, attacked, defenseless. But I'm doing what I'm telling you to do, Timothy. I'm keeping going. It's God who strengthens me. Timothy, look to the Lord to strengthen you. And we need to look to the Lord to strengthen us. Paul proclaimed the gospel, even in the worst of circumstances. So he says, we are to keep going, preaching the word. And Paul trusted the Lord to get him to his heavenly kingdom, and we are to do the same. And so all was left, that was left for Paul to do in his letter was to finish off with final greetings, which we had read earlier, there, there verses 19 to 22, those final greetings. And these are the last words we have of Paul written down in a letter. The whole thrust of the letter is, keep going, keep passing on the baton. Let's pray that we will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray, please, that you would strengthen us as you strengthened Paul. Strengthen us to keep going when we find life hard. Stand with us, we pray, and help us and strengthen us to keep proclaiming the gospel, to keep proclaiming it here at Emmanuel, and for us each individually, whether at school or work or with family or wherever it may be, to keep speaking of Jesus. And help us, Father, to trust you to get us to your heavenly kingdom. Amen.